You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Right, Roger. I want you to imagine that we are the 2nd of June, 1986. Okay. And you are standing there amongst a group of people listening to a really unknown film director who says to you, our job is to make the coolest vampire movie ever made. His name is Joel Schumacher and the movie is The Lost Boys. Do you think they achieved their goals? Absolutely, 100% damn right they did. I mean, goodness gracious, Pascal, you and I have wanted to talk about this film for as long as we've been doing this podcast and for various reasons we've had to put it off because we do tend to focus on a few films from the 80s so we have delayed talking about this but The Lost Boys again it's just one of those films that is has almost become timeless you know it's it's definitely a film like Back to the Future which we've always talked about on this podcast as well that I can quite happily watch once or twice a year and enjoy it massively each time but yep it's a vampire movie as you say and parts of it are really quite frightening and really quite gruesome in their execution but at the same time it has got that coolness the soundtrack of the movie is incredible there's so much good contemporary pop and rock in there the location which was set in an imaginary town of Santa Clara, but was actually filmed in a place called Santa Cruz in California. And it's the most of the movie is actually set on a boardwalk with a fairground. You know, you've got a roller coaster, you've got um, carousels and, and bumper cars and that sort of thing. And there's there's an element of family in there as well. But yeah, and, and motorbikes and cool costumes and, and obviously shoulder pads as well because it was the 80s and, and 80s hairstyles. Uh, I definitely agree that they managed to make the coolest vampire movie. And I, and I know you love it as well. Uh, I do. And I don't think as much as uh, my wife, Denise Fintoni, does, uh, I seem to add. Um, I earned some serious brownie points, husband brownie points, when I came back from my second Comic-Con with a Frog Brothers (laughs) t-shirt. Um, which had all, all the kind of design work and so on. And also when I had the immense pleasure to go to um, Los Angeles at the American film market, I went on the Warner Brothers studio tour and there was a shop there. And when I walked in, there was a massive poster of The Lost Boys. Mm. And there was also black and white stills of, obviously, the character of David played by Kiefer Thuzzland. And uh, I brought that back as well with me. I remember seeing this at the cinema um, and I think this is a film that is uh, shot for the big screen, mm. no doubt about it. Mm. And I remember when I left, I knew, although I couldn't understand why, that I'd seen something very special. But for me, back to your point earlier, what has remained ever since, I saw it probably in 87 when it came out, obviously on the big screen all over the world, the two songs, the rendition of Jim Morrison's, you know, um, People Are Strange and also Cry Little Sister, has those two songs have been with me 
forever. And I could sometimes put the soundtrack on its own via YouTube, or the, I still have the CD somewhere in the house. And you're right, it just hits so many, many, you know, kind of uh, ticks so many boxes, that film. Yeah, and yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, incredible performance. Again, he's he's got that element of being really cool. Um, and then he just, you know, the the snap of a finger or the blink of a candle, he turns into this horrible, really quite gruesome-looking vampire. But you actually want to be David, don't you? You know, it, I, 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 what I remember when I watched this film originally, I didn't want to be one of the Frog Brothers defeating the vampires. <laughs> I, I thought, the vampires are having a really good time here. You know, they're hanging out on the beach with their mates. They've got all these chicks around them and they're having fun drinking and riding mo- motorbikes i want to be him i don't want to be the the frog brothers they're the they're the comic geeks i want to be the i want to be with the cool guys i think it's probably when i wanted to have a leather jacket myself yeah after, after watching you know <laughs> after watching the lost boys but what is interesting so i know that many people uh, are aware from the backstories but i think it's fun to remind ourselves so this film originally was scheduled to be directed by richard donner okay um who had just finished goonies and he wanted to work and concentrate on lethal weapon instead mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and therefore had to pass uh, his wife lauren uh, was working with him and had had a great time working on tentamos fire with uh, joel schumacher and obviously joel was given the uh, the job but to begin with george joel schumacher didn't want to actually direct lost boys because the original script was essentially the goonies versus vampires and he wanted, uh, didn't want to do that. And he also just sensed that this was not going to work in 87. We're approaching, approaching the 90s. The When you watch the um, special edition of The Lost Boys, there's an interview of Joel Schumacher who says they had prepared a fax to send to Richard Donner and his wife, Lauren, to say she turned down the job, thinking that would be the end of their friendship and perhaps the end of his career. Because, <laughs> you know, how do you turn down, you know, uh, Richard Donner and his wife? Uh, so he went for a jog. And whilst he was jogging, he actually imagined the vampires on their backs wearing leather jackets and being essentially, you know, um, thugs. And he, he uh, then spent some time to put his uh, ideas down on paper. And then he said to Richard, I've got this idea. What do you think? And Richard loved it. I wonder there's a lesson for all of us content creators that maybe we need to go out for um, drugs a bit more to come up with good ideas. <laughs> I think they call it they call it an idea shower, don't they? Most <laughs> most good ideas come in the shower uh, that when you're having a wash in the morning or in an evening. But yeah, getting out and doing some jogging. I think yeah, I mean the the fact that they may not have made this film for that very reason is actually quite shocking. But again, the fact that you know if if you've got an idea in your head, you know sometimes whether it might be lack of confidence or imposter syndrome or something like that, you might it might prevent you from sharing it with somebody. Imagine if Joel Schumacher hadn't shared that idea with Richard Donner. This film might never have been made. So always, if you've got an idea in your head, no matter how silly you might think it is, it's always worth talking to somebody about it because it might nurture it and eventually it might turn into something special. 
So, I mean, people say that, you know, Richard Donner um, didn't want to make The Lost Boys because he wanted to focus on Lethal Weapon. Mm. I think the other motivation was he'd been so knackered doing The Goonies with all the kids running around that he, there was no way with the original script he wanted to put himself through that a, a second time. But you're <laughs> right, you know. So, in a way, uh, by passing and giving it to a different director, The Lost Boys became a far, far better movie that people are still talking about. I mean, only uh, last year, they have won the biggest horror festivals um, organized near Santa Cruz and the cast of the Lost Boys uh, were there including some of the musicians and so on and they had won the biggest Lost Boys party ever that's one of the, the, the times I wish I lived in America do you know, I think that's possibly one of the reasons why this film has not, uh, above and beyond the fact that it's a damn good film, is that the location that they choose to, chose to film it in is almost timeless. You know, even though there's no technology like mobile phones in this film, it doesn't matter because you can still go to Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk today and it looks pretty much exactly the same as it did 30 odd years ago when they filmed this film. <laughs> you know, and, and just as just as an aside, the, the roller coaster, the bit, the giant dipper, it's called, was built was built in 1924, Pascal. I mean, that's nearly a, that's nearly 100 years old, that roller coaster. And people are still screaming and shouting and going on it now. And and I think it's because that location is timeless that it added to the... F the movie hasn't dated. You could watch it, and apart from the silly hairstyles and the shoulder pads, it stands up as a modern piece of entertainment. It does, but also because it's really, really well filmed. Mm. I mean, the way in which photography and the use of light and so on, obviously they had the cinematographer of um, Raging Bull, if I'm not mm. mistaken, and, and goodness... Uh, that's also, I think, a smart move, you know, on the production team to bring the big guns when it comes to, you know, the crafting of the film. Because uh, what else did they have? Well, they had actors that were on their way to becoming movie stars. But frankly, uh, as you, we saw in 87, when the striking-looking poster came out, there was no names on it because there was no point. No one knew Jason Patrick much. You know, people maybe had some vague notion of Kiefer because of his dad, but all the other cast were really, really uh, unknown characters but they did have a rather interesting tagline which uh, you almost hinted at when you were saying that you wanted to be a vampire because <laughs> it was so cool so on the poster and some of the dvd covers as well you could read uh, sleep all day party all night never grow old never die it's fun to be a vampire yeah it sounds so good doesn't it, it sounds so good so what are the marketing lessons from this film pascal well, I'll start with the first one, which um, back to my comment about how Joel Schumacher changed the script. I think you should know your audience and don't hesitate to make those decisions. So we know that the first script was a Goonies versus Vampire style, and it was changed to essentially creating characters that were young adults. So they could be cool, they could be sexy, they could be violent and and, and dangerous, but also almost you know uh, t uh, taking over. Because the story really is about David wants to take over Santa Clara and actually get rid of the head vampire by recruiting people like Michael. Yeah, yeah. And I guess Joel Schumacher was an unknown at the time, but he did have that vision after he'd been out on his jog. And 
it, it was, you know, again, it's the, the design of the poster, the topography, the, it was just so attention grabbing everything about the film, the, the cinematography, the lighting, as you say. Again, I, I keep coming back to that boardwalk setting, you know, the, 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 that, I mean, I grew up, as you know, in Blackpool and Blackpool Pleasure Beach is very like Santa Cruz Beach boardwalk. And every time I watch that film, it makes me think of home with the sound of the roller coaster, the smell of, popcorn and the smell of candy floss and the the smell of the oil and the uh in the, the the carousel it's it's just very evocative so he really had that clear vision as to what he wanted to put together yeah if i, if I just close on that you know for our viewers and listeners i think for me what you're reminding us is don't worry about being an unknown. I mean, Joel Schumacher was unknown. I think by that time he'd made maybe three three mm. films. Mm. Uh, you know, they went on like big hits. None of the actors were known uh, really. Uh, to the fact actually, Warner Brothers took budgets away from them. I mean, mm-hmm. how crazy is that? You know, mm-hmm. we, we we don't trust you, so let's take budgets away from you. <laughs> um, so even though you're unknown, you can still be remarkable yeah. because you have that expression. For me, the third lesson, which builds on that, is tech risks. And what he did was to combine all sorts of elements. I mean, in there you have, obviously, um, the fact that it's a vampire story, but it's also a comedy, but it's horror. You've got um, comic books. You've got a comic book store because, of course, everything happens in a comic book store. You have a video store. You have video games. You have music. I mean, the music in that film is essential because they use the album to promote the film as well. You've got fashion. You've got motorbikes. It's just great. Absolutely right. And <laughs> and again, like we've often said on the show, ultimately, yes, it's a vampire film and it's cool and it's got motorbikes and it's got a great soundtrack. But ultimately, it's a very family orientated film as well. There's a lot of a lot of feeling of loss in there, isn't it? The the main characters are longing for motherly and father love and approval, but it, it at the centre, it's still got a lot of emotion, despite the horror trappings and the uh, and the scenery and the location. You're right, and and I think the film works really well because of uh, Diane West, you know, who plays mm-hmm. obviously Lucy, the mother. She she's the group. In fact, that's the reason why, for those of you who know the movie really well, you know, she's targeted by you know the head vampire because he believes that he's going to actually bring order to the uh, to David and his, uh, his his kind of followers, and he's going to be able to obviously he himself take over Santa Clara. Uh, and for me, you know, this idea uh, is there's always essentially almost a normal story that is exemplified by having sort thing extraordinary so it tells the vampires you know it is uh, quite good i mean when we think about you know the lost boys its legacy in terms of how it has influenced you know the genre of vampire movies because up to that point vampires were either were old men yeah. ugly men dangerous men but they were not cool and they were not, to your point, everyone wants to be David. Everyone wants to be have the leather jacket and look uh, across between Billy Idol and um, and David the Vampire. But I don't think that without the Lost Boys, you could have Buffy. I don't think you could have Blade with Wells and Snipes. I'm not sure you could have Twilight, another series. So, you know, wow, what an achievement for a movie that even Warner Brothers wasn't sure because when they were on set asking Joel Schumacher, what are you doing? Is it a horror? Um, and Joel Schumacher would say, yes. Is it a comedy? He would say, yes. Well, what is it? <laughs> say, you know, and, and uh, to the point when, when they took out, you know, the, uh, the budget away from him, they had to compromise on the makeup special effects. But actually, as you mentioned, they look really good. They look really good, those special effects. Yeah, and, and, and this is incredibly geeky, what I'm about to say, I'm sure. But 
you know, I think that the Lost Boys also didn't tamper too much with vampire lore. You know, vampires in the in the uh, Lost Boys still can't go out in daylight. That's why they go and sleep in the cave during the day. And, you know, we've got crosses and we've got garlic and we've got holy water. Quite a lot of those other things that you mentioned there, Blade and, and um, Buffy, did tamper with vampire lore a bit. You know, I remember seeing some films where vampires were walking around in daylight without getting burnt. But even in, in, in Lost Boys, they managed to keep... You know, the original Dracula-type vampire lore, but absolutely pepper it up with all the modern youngsters and the uh, coolness. You're right, I never thought of that. She even kept the one about, you know, a vampire can't enter without being invited. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and then Max, when he meets you know, Michael, played by Jason Patrick for the first time, he says to him, because of course vampires are very tricksty characters, he says, you know, you're the man in the house, I will not enter until you invite me in. Yeah. And of course, Jason Patrick, the character Michael, wants to be polite and let him, lets him in. So, well, listen, you know, what, what can we say? The <laughs> movie... Uh, is making Warner Brothers very proud. They is recently actually released a. Um, they actually acquired you know their own YouTube channel officially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they are releasing. Oh, I'm not sure what they hope to achieve apart from maybe growing an audience uh, online, maybe to have a future channel themselves. But they re- they recently released a um, essentially a Lost Boys the Lost Boys preview. It's literally a quarter of an hour of the film. Maybe we have a 4K, maybe a special box set on, on its way. But even Santa Cruz, you mentioned a moment ago, they use as Santa Clara, the murder capital of the world. Now, if you go on the official website of the Santa Cruz you know, tourist board, you can download a Lost Boys map where you can <laughs> visit the different locations. I think there's nine of them. So maybe that's something that you and I should do with uh, Trish and Denise one day. We should actually have a pilgrimage to Santa Cruz <laughs> in California and visit this, the uh, Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. That would be amazing. <laughs> now, listen, Roger, I am absolutely sure that time is running short for this episode of the Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Perhaps if our viewers and listeners let us know, we could extend a film marketing segment, but we're going to remain true to our original structure. I want to leave you with uh, a comment from Joel Schumacher. Sadly, we had to say goodbye to him all last time, um, June of this year. But um, he was approached by um, Corey Hem and Corey Feldman during the filming of The Lost Boys. And I will say that it is known because it's been documented in books and also uh, behind the scenes interviews that the cast were very worried that this film would essentially be a career ender for them. <laughs> So the two Corys, as they are known fondly, uh, approached Joel Schumacher and they asked him, you know, will this film work? Will this be a hit? And this is what Joel uh, said to them. No one knows if the movie is going to be a hit, guys. So we have to enjoy the heck out of it now. We are family. And whatever happens is not up to us. It's up to the gods. So let's party on. (laughs) Fantastic. I love that. That's great. And I wonder whether this is a message for all content creators out there. We never know what we do and produce is going to work. So when in doubt, just enjoy the heck out of it. (laughs) Fantastic. This was episode 19 of Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Please leave comments, suggestions, and feedback in the usual places. Until the next time, Go out there and make sure your content is better and faster and done right. He was Roger Edwards. I was Pascal Fintoni. Bye for now.
Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 